I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Uh, hello there and welcome to Pivotal Film, a, bo- a special bonus episode of Pivotal Film. I am a special edition of Tom Nolan. G-A-G-E. That's how you do Silent Night, Tom, on a piano. <laughs> G, no, it's, is it? No, it's A-G-A-E. Yeah. I'm Mario Ponzio, and this is our holidays episode, special episode of the podcast. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? Holidays. We've never done this before. This is fun. No, well, we've ever had an episode that was going to air like so close to Christmas. Yeah. Just felt compelled. Well, I've been pushing for like doing special holiday or Halloween episodes for several years since like the podcast started. That's true. You've always nixated it. And finally, I just wore you down. Because most of the time I don't care, but the Christmas movie is kind of something else whether you i mean if you if you celebrate christmas you probably have a group of movies in your life uh that you relate directly to the holiday and if you celebrate halloween you have a group of horror movies you directly relate to the rest of your life but apparently we won't do that ever because i don't have any i have one halloween movie that i give a shit about two charlie brown which my number nine and the worst witch starring tim curry and feruza bulk I don't remember that movie. It's very bad. Everything else is terrible. And the mom and the woman from... Um... Not even Serial Mom? You don't even have Serial Mom anywhere in your... What's Serial your... Mom? The John Waters, Kathleen Turner horror comedy? I don't like John Waters. Oh. It's not my bag. Not my bag, Mario. Oh, that's unfortunate. I don't have any John Waters movies on my list uh, for Christmas movies. Does he have any Christmas movies? I don't think so. No. Sean Baker does. <laughs> Which one? Well, Tangerine is set during Christmas. I don't care. So. But speaking of which, so we are going to do our top five Christmas films. But there is some, um, I guess, addendums to that. Uh, well, so I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Because you said in your message to me today, you said these are movies that you only watch during Christmas. Yeah. So, for example, films like... Even though I start Die Hard, a Christmas Eve movie, like it, I, I feel as though the plot really is really centers around Christmas, and Christmas plays a pivotal part of it. I could watch Die Hard at any point of the year. Um, stuff like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Batman Returns, Eyes Wide Shut, movies like that, I can watch yeah. almost any point of the year. Although I do feel like they're Christmas heavy themes. In well, so films. all my movies are very specifically Christmas movies. They're not movies that feature Christmas. They are literally movies about Christmas. I would say four of my five movies are Christmas movies then. That are about Christmas or just that take place during Christmas? Are about Christmas. My oh. number five would would possibly not be a Christmas movie. Interesting. Interesting. But so Christmas plays a pretty big role in it. Okay, so we said you had a bunch of uh, uh, honorable mentions. Why don't you do your honorable? Why don't you do a couple of honorable mentions, and I'll do a couple of honorable mentions, and then you can kick us off with your number five. Okay. So my two honorable mentions uh, are the two horror films I have, Christmas horror <laughs> movies I have on my list. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, neither of them is um, Gremlins, which I don't actually love. I'm not. I like Gremlins. I don't love Gremlins. I think yeah, Gremlins I don't care is fine. about Gremlins. I'm going to be honest. I think Gremlins 2 is great. Gremlins 2 is... I prefer Gremlins 2 in every way to the first Gremlins. Mm. 
Because Joe Dante just did not give a shit, and he just asked to do whatever he did, and they let him do it. There's a good key and peel sketch about Gremlins too. Is there? I don't think yeah. I ever saw that. Yeah, Jordan Peele plays the, the, the script doctor for Gremlins 2. Oh. Which kind of just goes hog wild with it. I mean, you've seen Gremlins 2, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to check that one out. Right. Um, so my two films in my honorable mentions, my two horror movies, are the 2016 horror film Better Watch Out by uh, Chris Peckover. Um, briefly explain that. Uh, a creepy 12-year-old boy um, is in love with his babysitter. Yep. And uh, along with his best friend, um, they basically hold her hostage after con- they basically concoct this entire like your next style scheme of a house invasion, but it's quickly blown blows up in their face. Um, and uh, the, the little boy is just turns out to be this manipulative little shit who's just trying to have sex with his babysitter. Uh, but he's also a psychopath who eventually is kills both of her boyfriends and his own best friend. It's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I appreciate during the Christmas time and I, I appreciate a good, good Christmas horror movie. Uh, yeah. I, I just appreciate the twist it has going for it. But the movie I really love during the Christmas time and horror is the good Bob Clark horror movie, good Bob Clark Christmas movie, I should say, the 1974 Black Christmas uh, is my other honorable mention. It's that one horror movie from the 1970s, like the early 1970s slasher movies that has like the griminess and the grittiness to it uh, that I really appreciate. And it's it kind of salivates all over taking place during Christmas with just the creepy breathing over the phone. And before we get too far into it, the other Bob Clark Christmas movie fucking sucks. I'm going to say this right here. A Christmas story is fucking hot garbage. It's funny. I've never liked a Christmas story ever. And everyone always gets so worked up about it. And I'm just like, it's not funny. It seems, it's just weird. I don't get it. And maybe that... It's super mean. I love. Is it um, mean to who? I don't know. It just it has a mean spiritedness to it that I never appreciated. I like um, Cold Jack. What's the actor's name? The guy that plays the dad. You know what I'm talking. Oh, E.G. Marshall. Yeah, I like him in that. Um, but I just I don't like a Christmas story. But uh, Black Christmas. There's a, like this overall griminess to it, and there's this real bringing forward the slasher genre that Halloween would eventually take over that Bob Clark kind of brought to America. It's got that peepee Tom quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's that it and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are kind of the two films that bridge the gap to the slasher genre. And so I always have an appreciation for Black Christmas. It's not a movie I watch every year. Um, like my number five, I don't watch every year, but it's a movie that I hold dear uh, for Christmas. It's, it's just, it's an enjoyable time to watch it. Um, however, my number five is the one Christmas movie that's not necessarily a Christmas movie, and that is the Ted Demi 1994 film, The Ref. That's a Christmas movie. Would you call that a Christmas movie? The Ref was on my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Um, it's, one, a- it's my favorite, I think, Kevin Spacey performance. When really? he just tells Judy Davis to nail herself to, or is that no? That's not Judy Davis's wife. When he tells his mother to like nail herself to her cross. Yeah. No, yeah. I. I uh, it's it's not a movie I watch every year, but I just have a real. It's, it's something I saw. I think like in '95. Like I think I saw this was like nine or maybe ten. So yeah, '95 yeah. or '96. I saw it early and, too. Like I love. I was huge in the Dennis Leary as a yep, kid. Me too. I was so obsessed with Dennis Leary. And so everything he said was to me was funny. I was a big Kevin Spacey kid, as we've talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we didn't because I got rid of Jewel Suspects in the list, didn't I? And American Beauty. I got rid of a lot of Kevin Spacey from my list. But I was a big Kevin Spacey guy as a kid. And just like everything about this has like that crack wit to it. Um, oh, it's great. I just, I, I adored this movie as a kid. That I, I don't know. I haven't come back to it yet as an adult. Actually, in recent years, I, I think the last time I watched it was in my mid-20s. It's but, not as fun. 
Yeah, but for Hold some on. reason... One second, that, one second, one second. I got to let my cat out of the room. Yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. But the reason it's my number five is just uh, for the longest time in my teen years, this would be like one of the early Christmas movies that I'd play. Yep. And like, I would just... It would, it would it in plane trains and automobiles, which I almost put on this list, but I consider more of a Thanksgiving movie. Um, would just be like the entrance to the Christmas season for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and it's a wonderful life, obviously, which you know is obviously my number one on this list. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's just that entrance to it, and it's still something I appreciate. It's still something I come back to and like see a scene of it, and I'm happy watching a scene of it. But it sure, just, yeah, yeah. it brings back all those memories. It's exhausting when you watch it now, um, especially if you do not, if you're not like keeping up with your Dennis Leary, so that you have some of that inside of you, so that when he gets going, you're kind of like, this is fine, this is not annoying, this is, <laughs> this is what comedy could be. Um, yeah, it's just it's really really. Uh, it's it's cool, but it's it's not. It doesn't have the same joy that it used to. When you were watching it when a kid, and they would say all the stuff, and you'd be like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" Cursing, yeah. Um, so yeah, my my first honorable mention was the ref for that exact reason: is that it's just not like the same coming back to it that it was when you first watched it. My second honorable mention was um, the nineteen thirty four version of Babes in Toyland. Do you remember that? Ooh, see this the one? Lord the Hardy Laurel one? Hardy one, yeah. That movie, I was a big Laura Hardy fan as a kid. That creeps me the fuck out. That me movie. too. But I also don't remember it being a Christmas movie. But I also... Yeah, me either. I, I just remember it being scared the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, when they went, when they go over to the uh, the island of whatever, I forget what they're even called, but the guys... lost toys, right? No, the guys with all the yeah. warts on their, on their bodies and like the long fingers and oh, it's just super yeah. creepy. But like if you look on Wikipedia and stuff, everything calls it a Christmas movie, but I don't remember it being very... I remember it Christmas-y. being a Christmas movie, but I remember just like not, I never watched it because like I would just watch a bit of it and just be so creeped out. Yeah. My mom used to watch it all the time and uh, we would watch it and, and it's one of those things like I would never show my, like my kids have seen some stuff. I would never show them that movie because that it's movie just and like bizarre toys that robin williams movie well toys is awesome but yeah i wouldn't go out of my way to show them toys unless they got really into ll cool j toys creeped me out as a kid too though toys was a tough movie remember when toys came out that was a big no. deal you remember? i do remember when it came out but i just remember being creeped out by it oh no it was a big deal like people were like oh this movie's robin williams is doing such dark things now um so my number five mario is i'm sticking my list might not be any fun but I think part of my problem with me making a Christmas movie list now is that I fucking hate Christmas. I hate it. But when I was a kid, there was a point where I really liked Christmas. It was up to a point. And I'm not going to talk about that point. I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, but it doesn't matter. I feel like my number five kind of coincides with me. Like the year that I was kind of just like, Christmas sucks. And it has nothing to do with like, santa claus or like anything like that it's just kind of like the ideas of christmas or what christmas actually is are terrible to me and then is the 1996 film mario jingle all the way starring arnold schwarzenegger sinbad rita wilson and phil Phil hartman yeah uh arnold schwarzenegger is a dad and all his kid wants for christmas is a turbo man so he goes all over town in the hopes of securing a turbo man. And lo and behold, everybody else in the town is also after a turbo man. Uh, hilarity ensues. He gets into a rivalry with, with Sinbad, who is a mailman. Uh, they run into a, a black market turbo man scheme and, you know, have a, an action movie uh, fight. The big show's there. The big show. The big show's there. There's a parade where Turbo Man is, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets to dress up like Turbo Man. And uh, there's a moose, a, mo- a reindeer. Bill Hartman has a reindeer. Um, it's not like a great movie. I t- I think maybe my favorite like non-action Schwarzenegger movie. He's like it's like his most charismatic. I was just reading an article about like the 30th anniversary of Kindergarten Cop, and I was like, oh man, Kindergarten Cop. He's way more charismatic in this than he is in that. 
Um, but I think maybe something about like the commercialism of, of, of Christmas um, and how it just kind of destroys people like speaks to me now. Um, I remember it very fondly. I tried to show my kids it and they did not care. Um, but I thought Schwarzenegger is great and Sinbad is great. And it's, you know, rip RIP Phil Hartman. I'm pouring one out for you, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I liked Jingle All the Way a lot as a kid. I still have watched it a few times. Um, it's definitely just like in the rankings of fine movies. I don't understand like the hatred for it. I think it's become just kind of like a meme at this point to hate it. Cause yeah. I think it's a perfectly, it's like, it's in that same level as small soldiers. Oh yeah. Small soldiers. But I think it's, I think it's of that level. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. You don't hate. It's nothing abhorrently bad. You hate the Santa Claus. You don't hate Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Santa Claus. It's just not worth hating. Jingle All the Way is better than A Christmas Story. I think so. It's more well, no, fun. It's, it's just fun. Christmas Story is not fun. We're clearly like lords of film now that Armand White likes us. So yeah, that's true. we can say that A Christmas Story is worse than Jingle All the Way. What's Steven Spielberg's Christmas movie? Hook? <laughs> I like Hook. I like, but I like Hook though. Are there any other Christmas? Is there Christmas in any of his other uh, movies? Polar Express is basically him. No, that's even though it's Robert Zemeckis. Polar Express is basically just, him. just Yeah, horrible. it's terrible. But we're going to call that a Steven Spielberg movie. The Lawrence your, Kaz uh, didn't make any Christmas oh, movies. It's a hard one, though. Oh, yeah. uh, my number French, four, French Kiss, I, I assume, is a... In which case, my new number one. Yes, French Kiss. My number uh, four is an interesting one in the sense that, like, it's another one that my mom used to like to watch. And I find it really weird. It's just, like, a really weird Christmas movie. It's 1985. It is uh, Santa Claus the Movie. Oh my god, really? Do you remember this movie? <laughs> I do, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible, but it's also like it's like stuck in my mind, like certain like the Dudley Moore elf character and it works um, so hard for so oh, little. The John Lithgow is like this corporate guy who's like his ideas he's gonna get these these rain these candy sell candy canes with this magic reindeer dust that makes people fly and it's gonna make, you know, millions of dollars and uh yeah it's just it's so bad the like the origin story of the elves and the origin story of santa claus and this like the fact that you know it's the 1980s and you know everyone has digital everything but santa's still just making wooden toys in his workshop and um yeah it's so bad but i watched it so many times and it's almost become like i don't know before I knew what a meme was because I was a kid, it became like a meme in my existence. This like weirdo vision of, 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 of Christmas, just odd and bizarre, but maybe not odd and and bizarre enough, but it's again, because none of these movies are go beyond me being a kid because at some point I hated Christmas. So like, I'm not, I don't watch Christmas movies. I like avoid them at all costs. Unless Vince, unless Vince Vaughn is in them. Four, was that Four Christmases or whatever? And Fred Claus. Oh, right. <laughs> Which also has and, Paul Giamatti. And Freaky. Freaky probably takes place during Christmas. I don't know. I thought you, didn't you see it? It, it? I do, but it didn't take place during Christmas. Does Brawl and Cell Block 99 take place at Christmas? Uh, I assume so. I don't remember. That's no. the only time faces are allowed to be removed <laughs> from skulls. So yes. um, my number four, a little less exciting than Santa Claus the movie. Is uh, apparently I think I have a rash on my middle finger. My I've never heard of uh, that one. Is Brian Henson's feature directorial debut, Muppet Christmas Carol? No, oh, there's the first appearance of the Muppets. Yeah, uh, is there another Muppets Christmas movie? Oh yeah. Oh okay. It's coming up. I never saw the other one. Um, this is my second highest ranked Christmas Carol movie. Uh, my first highest ranked movie does not feature George C. Scott, nor takes place in the 1940s or 30s. Um, no, this, this I saw this in 93, and I've seen this every year since then. Um, mm-hmm. This is, to me, uh, you can keep your bullshit Christmas Carol movies and shove them up your ass because, you know, Charles Dickens only cared about profit, and the Muppets only cared about profit. So, like, this is it's the it's the closest it's the closest thing you can get to charles dickens is 
a Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched this every year since 1993. So, you know, 27 years now. Uh, I love this movie to the day. Um, everything about it still works for me. <laughs> it, it's the one time I saw, it seems like Michael Caine's ever really having fun doing yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he has to act with Fozzie Bear. Yeah, it seems like he really, <laughs> but it seems like he really enjoys doing it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and it gives, like, has a little kid. Gonzo was the best character ever. And oh, has Gonzo play the lead role. Gonzo you know? and Rizzo? Yeah. They're like you a fit comedy those, dream. You could fit through those bars? Yeah. You're such an idiot. What? <laughs> uh, it, it features the greatest one-off Muppets character ever in the Ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, yeah. That guy's so great. Everything about that movie is just amazing. I love Muppet well, Christmas like, Carol. And, and the Ghost of Christmas future is so like haunting and yeah like scary it's you know it goes to a different kind of and he's still a muppet the second best ghost of christmas future ever mm. we'll get to the first one gotcha soon enough uh yeah um i don't know do you have muppets christmas carol on your list or no no but it was it was like in my top 10 yeah uh my number three uh is a movie that megan thought i hated and i was surprised about that uh, it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you're a fan of this one. It's also in my top ten, but not for like Christmas reasons, for just like Chevy Chase reasons. Same. Uh, I watched this movie. I only watched this movie during uh, as a kid. I loved um, Vacation, Christmas Vacation, and Vegas Vacation. Mm-hmm. I hate European Vacation with an undying passion. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why. I only watched it's it once. Terrible. I watched it once and I didn't like it and I never went back to it, but I'm assuming it's bad. Mm-hmm. But everyone says Vegas Vacation's worse than it, but I watched Vegas Vacation many times and I've had fun with it. Vegas yeah. Vacation has Wallace Shawn. It can't be that bad. Vegas Vacation is great. That's Wallace Shawn in Vegas Vacation, right? That's the card dealer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can't be that great. Can't be that terrible. Uh, Ethan Embry wins a series of new cars. That's all he does. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, no, same reason though. Uh, this is that Clark Griswold character as nth degree. It is the most John Hughes of the um, vacation-ish feelings films. Uh, it is it is the only movie I'd say like John Hughes successfully makes a Christmas movie. Go fuck yourself, Home Alone. You suck. Um, Home Alone's a bad movie. I Home rewatched Alone's... that for the first time this year. No, Home it's... Alone is only good when Daniel Stern and Joe, Joe Pesci are on the screen and like, and, and John Candy, but unfortunately Macaulay Culkin's on the screen for a lot of that movie. <laughs> Home Alone is, is you feel differently about it. If you have kids that love Home Alone. And I remember I watching, so. I remember watching Home Alone and feeling okay about it when I was a kid. Like, yeah, I, I, I wanted to do like, you know, Home Alone things and what have you, but it wasn't like one of those things when I, I like, I enjoy it more. I enjoy it way more now um than i did then and i really just enjoy watching my kids enjoy it well it's weird it doesn't anything for me as a kid when i watched it i hated kevin McAllister. i thought he was a i thought he was a prick i was like i thought he deserved being left alone (laughs) like as a kid the thing i was totally on his side the scene i most responded to as a kid is is john candy because i was obsessed with john candy and still the second like rewatching it now the second funniest line of that movie is uh you know, oh, you know, a uh, couple weeks in therapy, he was fine. It took a couple weeks to talk, but he talked. But no, this most recent later when he came around, and started talking again. <laughs> yeah, this most recent watch, I never caught this live, but Daniel Stern says, he, "I think he committed suicide." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never caught that before. Anybody watches, <laughs> but like just the ridiculousness of that line made me laugh my ass off. But um, no, Christmas vacation for me is just like it encompasses all that John Hughesness in like one movie. And just like it, it feels good. It just covers the gamut of the holiday season too. Well, it's, it's so angry. Christmas, yeah, it's angry. And it's that one movie that captures like all the. It, it is Brett Easton Ellis writing a Christmas movie <laughs> for me. And I say that as a person who watched thirty minutes of the Smiley Face Killers this week. You did? Stopped. I did. <gasps> I almost did that too. Do not do that. So good gore effects, but don't do it. Um, 
Poor Brady Sinellis. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it capitulates to kind of like that materialism of the 80s, and it just does so perfectly. And like everything, I don't know, I just really appreciate everything that movie does. Um, the advent calendar kind of in our titles are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just everything. And it's a movie that still like works to this day. Like, what a I, I'm, a big, I'm a big wrestling guy, and uh-huh. being the elite, which is an AEW thing, even had like the joke of like, you know, fuck you, you know, blah, 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 and like, screw you, screw you, and happy Hanukkah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still like that movie that has like those, those like <laughs> inner jokes that like work today. <laughs> I just, I mean, so it has like iconic Chevy Chase stuff. So the, like the speech in the living room, Mary was holy shit, where's the Tylenol? Is just like that, you know, ends with that line is just great. The way that Julie Louis Dreyfus and her husband are abused in their home is just great. Like, I'll never forget, like, that big block of the torpedo of ice flying yeah. through their, you know, their window and destroying their stereo unit. William Hickey being able to be William Hickey is always, was always great to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the squirrel stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome, but it was also like beyond me, I think, as a kid. So it wasn't until later that I kind of started to appreciate it. And then it's Christmasness had, I didn't care at all about how Christmassy it was. I just cared about how funny Chevy Chase was. Hmm. That's, that's it. It becomes not like a Christmas movie to me. It's just like an excuse to see Chevy Chase do stupid stuff. I will say this though. Brian Doyle Murray does show up twice on my Christmas list. As he should. As he should. My number three, Mario, we don't really have to talk about very much because it seems patently obvious. And it's here just because it's like the foundational Christmas text, I, th- I, I feel. And it is a Charlie free. Brown's. A tra- <laughs> is that a Christmas movie? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, why? Because it's Charlie Brown Christmas. And, but more so than anything else, I think it's, its soundtrack is the one, its score, the Vince Guaraldi score is the one. Really quickly, though, Charlie Brown Christmas is the one where that Christmas tree comes from, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if there's like multiple Christmas Charlie Brown movies. There are. There's a couple, but okay. like Charlie Brown, it's 1965. It's the original one. Um, the score kind of transcends all of my bad feelings about the holiday. Any ability I can like still feel, like, any affection I still have for Christmas is related directly to like my family, my kids. Um, and my wife, and then, and like what that Christmas, like how we're developing our own Christmas kind of experience, and then the 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 score for Charlie Brown. So Christmas time is here, like all that all that great piano music that is will always be Christmas for me. And that's like a piece. That's a piece I need to play by next Christmas. I need to be able to play that by next Christmas. Yeah, and that's I mean, so that's it's an easy one for me. It's it's maybe not as fun because it's just like sure of course but it's it's found like those sounds are foundational to my ability to still kind of to find enjoyment here was that a one you saw as a kid sure yeah i mean i'm not one of those people i mean i don't think we watched it on tv i i feel like we had it uh on video like we were we had a lot of videos did you have a lot of recorded videos like did you do a lot of vcr work in your house so we did we had a lot of we had a lot of vcr recorded tape so it was one of those things so like a lot of these things um Charlie Brown Christmas my number one for sure we just taped off the tv so it had all the commercials in it so like I mentioned before with like um uh, it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown I you know I have watching the movie part of the experience is those old school coke commercials and old m&m commercials and old hess truck commercials well, um, really quickly, you you included thirty minute movies in this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oops. Why? I didn't. So. Do it on the fly. Okay. So ref is now an honorable mention. Everything okay. else gets shifted up. Okay. Um. But no. So it's like, what? How? Like, how old were you when you first saw this? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I have no, I have no specific recollection, but I'd be like a kid. I'd be like probably younger than my son. So what was what connected with you was that score, but the Vince Guaraldi score. I mean, probably not player. then. Probably back then it was just you know, Peanuts was you know just part of everyone's existence. You opened up the paper on Sunday and there was a Peanuts cartoon at the top of the comic section. Um, and then I, I've always really liked Peanuts, and the, and uh, you know, um, I, I don't think I thought about it more than that. And it's not like one of the, I wasn't one of those people that sought out the Peanuts movie. I think one of the fascinating thing that's happened 
Um, I think I may have said penis movies. Um, he said, penis. but I meant I meant penis. <laughs> you did say penis. Um, I didn't seek out. There's so many peanuts movies, like so many. Yeah, a lot. And as uh, when my kids started watching, they started buying them for the kids. You'd buy like the Thanksgiving episode, the Thanksgiving movie, and there'd be like another movie attached to it. And you'd be like, "Where did this movie come from?" Or you'd buy like, um, you know, what is it? Like there's a move, there's like a box set of like the, the ones from the seventies. There's so many. There's a, there's a movie called why Charlie Brown, why that Charlie Brown is not really in very much. And Linus befriends a girl who dies from leukemia in the movie. Charles yeah. Schultz just getting hard. But that's like, I, I, I think, it, I think I didn't realize it was fundamental, but I think, as a kid, I don't know if you remember this, and maybe they didn't have this in the West Coast. And think in the late, maybe the mid '90s, there was a—I can actually check to see when it came out. There was a second Charlie Brown Christmas movie. Uh, time again. It's Christmas again, Charlie Brown. When did this come out? So 1992, and it's kind of just like it's the worst thing that like Charlie Brown, these Charlie Brown movies ever were was just kind of like there was no connective tissue. It was just a series of the uh, like panels from the comic strips just animated, and it was just like a half hour of those. They originally sold this movie at gas stations. Oh, I think I remember. On video. I think I remember. If you got a certain I remember the Charlie Brown movies being sold, and I correct me if I'm wrong here, being sold at McDonald's. Maybe. It's possible. It's totally possible. I can't remember if that, that's wrong, but I, I think I remember this. Like the Charlie Brown movies. Yo, here um, it is. A VHS release was made available at Shell gas stations a few months prior to the TV airing, which would make this the first Peanuts special release directly to video. And I remember it being like four ninety nine if you bought like a certain amount of gas. That's what it was. I still remember McDonald's selling something related to Charlie Brown. It's very possible. I kind of remember I, that too. I might be misremembering. Maybe it was the same thing with like gas stations doing yeah. it. Um, but that's it's 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 funny. A lot of this stuff just kind of starts with. Maybe a lot of my culture starts with Charlie Brown. It's yeah. possible. It's very possible. What's your number three? What do you got? Since we're adjusting on the fly here, um, my number three, really quickly, we should just say, we, we all know what number one is. We don't have to talk about it too much. Well, well yeah, we we'll, just... we'll kind of reference it when we get there. Okay. Um, my number three, previously my number two, but we're slotting it down a bit is uh, the second Brian Doyle Murray hit, uh, also starring, I guess, Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, it is Richard Donard's 1988 Scrooged. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is, this is the, the ultimate Christmas carol to me. Um, I mean, it doesn't do a Christmas carol, really. I mean, it just follows the same arcs of a Christmas carol, but um, for as long as I can remember... Uh, with my parents and every year um, this is the movie that I had to watch for it to be Christmas mm. um, and it just it, it feels like that weird warm blanket some people look forward to Christmas cookies which I do actually I look forward to chocolate chip cookies during <laughs> the season but some people look forward to like the eggnog coming or Santa Claus at the end of the Macy's Day Parade I was looking forward always to the first showing of Scrooged and this, along with Die Hard, uh, which is a movie I can watch all year, so it doesn't show up on this list. And we'll talk about Die Hard in a couple of weeks when we get back to the pivotal film list, guys. Uh, you know, um, this was the movie that that hearkened the season. I knew it is Christmas season when I watched Scrooge. And I would watch Scrooge sometimes three to four times wow. in a regular Christmas season. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a bit much. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, no. I, as a kid, I would watch this and Groundhog Day quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it's weird I, because I think, I think I was like really closely hued to Bill Murray as a kid. Mm-hmm. Scrooge always felt really adult to me, so I was never able to kind felt, of like felt adult to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was never, I never like really got into Scrooged, and I've always kind of felt weird about it. Um, but yeah, it always seemed too heavy, like for for because my dad always liked Scrooge because um, he liked all those guys that were in Scrooge well, do you know what I loved about Scrooge the thing I still love about Scrooge is the thing I never connected with in the Christmas Carol is the grave and nobody being there for it mm-hmm. I never connected with that right like right. the funeral and nobody being there but being burned and like that being his fear like even though he's dead and Francis Cross is like don't burn me like that is so fundamentally like a modernization to me of like that that fear of being forgotten and the fact that like the one thing he never wants was to be cremated. He's already dead, but he's like, just please don't burn me. Don't burn yeah. me. And just like that scene of just him in the casket being like set into the fire. Hmm. Like that really got me. It's like, oh, like not only has he just been for, like, he wasn't just buried in like a grave and nobody came to his funeral, whatever. But like the fact, the one thing, the one aspect of him is now like that he always was terrified of. Like, cause you never get a sense that Ebenezer Scrooge is terrified of being forgotten, mm-hmm. you know, but like this, like it really sells his fear of being burned. Yeah. No, I agree. And just like that, like that, like it was scary as shit. And like, I think it's a, like the best, representation i mean another also great representation of ghost of christmas present because joe king can do very little wrong what the and she does very little which is unfortunate no it's true um there's a little there's there's my my one problem with this is a little too much uh david johnson for my david johansson johansson sorry yeah for my taste in this um but like one of my favorite representations of the ghost of Christmas future, just like when he opens up the uh, yeah, the yeah, cloak. yeah, it's great. <laughs> the fucking Freddy Krueger esque uh, little souls in there. Um, no, the I just think it sucks. Is that like I never, I was that's that shit kind of like scared me when I was a kid. I was, I was super into it. I was, yeah, because like, I mean, and also like this is a hallmark of my fucked up childhood <laughs> to a, a little degree. Like I, I don't, I don't regret this part of my childhood, but um, like I was exposed to like horror and like really dark shit as a kid. Yeah. Like this felt soft to me. Like it felt hmm. like kids, it felt like, it felt approachable to me. Like I yeah. had seen stuff like night of the demons at this point. I'd seen like, I don't want to mention Halloween, but I'd seen like harder R movies. I'd seen Child's Play by this point, like around this time. Mm-hmm. So like I was like going into Scrooge, I was like, oh, it's a, you know, I was like, it's not a kids movie, but it's like, like I can handle this. Like it's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's funny. Like it's yeah. not presented for scares; it's presented for laughs. Um, and so like, it just worked for me, and it mm-hmm. it, it works on like that comedy level because it is like a more adult humor. Yeah. Like I laughed my ass off with the uh, was it not Robert uh, Lee Majors kind of beginning, um, everything about it just works. It just it's it still works too. I rewatch it every year. I never watch it last year. After this podcast, I still haven't watched it this year actually. So I think after this podcast, I'm gonna maybe make a Munchies run and ah, rent it. Shut up! You <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> He's a son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't watched it this year. So I think maybe maybe that will be the how I close out my night tonight is by Good. watching that. Good for you. Um, my number two, though, now that we've admitted and have allowed 30-minute movies into the proceedings, yeah. is um, I, I think you probably guessed what it is. I mentioned it quite a bit. Um, It's the 1966 um, Boris Karloff reading of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, yeah. Do you mention that a lot? I do. Well, I, don't know, I don't know how much I mention it to you. Who do you mention it to? It's probably to Megan a ton. Because I asked Megan what she thought my list would be, and she's like, well, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is definitely like <laughs> number two. Uh, and that would be right. Um, no, yeah. Um, 
this is a Christmas does not happen without How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Like it feels incomplete without mm. the 1966 reading of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Everything about it is just, it's easy. It's the easiest thing ever. But Borlas Korloff reads the shit out of it. The animation style works. The music, how, you know, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, is my second favorite Christmas song outside of um, Carol of the Bells. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Home Alone. Your fave. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I love everything about this, no matter how easy, how simple it is. You know, Bahu Forest, that entire song, even though it's so saccharine and stupid as fuck, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I remember I would always, as a little kid, I'd always, uh, we'd always get deli meats for Christmas Eve. Mm. We, our, for Christmas Eve, we get deli meats and deli cheeses and do like this platter. And like you'd make your own sandwiches like on a table. And I'd always go up and be excited to order at the deli because I'd say like, I'd like a pound of roast beast. <laughs> you know? Like it just it it is the movie that like still brings out the kid in me. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they've killed it with all of these weirdo remakes. What remakes? <laughs> I have yet to see the Jim Carrey version or the Benedict oh. Cumberbatch version. I did not watch either of those. The only thing that exists for me is um, the nineteen sixty six version. The Jim Carrey I version is awful. Never adulterated my experience of that movie, and also <laughs> like. How the fuck do you make that into anything more than 30 or 28 minutes? It, it's, you just have, you have it's a guy perfect. that you have a, an actor who doesn't minutes. mind screaming and being weird. And that, you know, I don't know. They're, they're just terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. I, I like the Grinch. Um, I've always been unmoved by the Grinch. Um, as I have, I'm not, moved, I'm not moved by it. It just, no, it no, just no, no. I just mean kind season, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's never kind of been that. That thing for me, even though I think I saw it probably like you know in the same circumstances that I saw, um, uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Um, the thing there's there's a lot of yeah I don't know I don't know what the difference is. So my number two is also like because we're talking about kids movies now. So like or movies that are made for kids. It's from nineteen nineteen seventy seven. It originally broadcast on Canadian Broadcasting Company. It is Jim Henson's Emmett Otter's jug band christmas you ever seen this i've never even heard of this so jim henson made this movie about this otter called emmett and he formed is, is this the muppet movie you're talking about no no no. there's another there's another muppet my number oh, okay. one's a muppet movie um it's uh they form a jug band so they can win 50 dollars. they live on a river um is this, this is this a is this a muppet movie well so there's no real there's no uh Brand, on brand Muppets in it, but they're all puppets. And the whole movie, yeah. the whole world is puppets. They live on this river. There's all these houses. There's uh, motorbikes, and there's a a a, a gang um, in it, like fronted by a bear. And they so in like the whole movie climaxes at this talent night where the Ma, Ma Otter is going to try to win fifty dollars because she's going to buy her son a guitar for Christmas. They don't have any money. She washes clothes and men's clothes to get money and. And Emmett does odd jobs, and Emmett is going to enter this contest with his his jug band, and they're going to split the fifty dollars four ways, and he's going to use it to put a down payment on a piano for his mom. And then they both perform at the talent show, and the whole talent show is just you know puppets, and there's puppets in the audience, and it's, but they've built this little theater. It's incredible, um, but they lose to the River Bottom Nightmare Band, which does this kind of glam rock song uh, where the the uh, the bass guitar is played by a cobra and a frog plays the drums and they have a fish, a mean fish in a tank that spits water at people. And the weasel plays guitar and the bear has like platform boots on and like a sequined cape. And he plays piano really tough, like Elton John. Um, And it's this really kind of immersive experience of puppets living on a river and it's got so much heart and the songs are all original songs by Paul Williams who wrote the rainbow connection um, is just uh, it's just great. And it is Christmas and I can't even imagine watching it. It would, if you turn it on during any other season, you'd be like, what the hell is this? 
you're like, what the what movie is this? Um, but when you watch it during Christmas, it's just like the most Christmassy movie ever. And it's and so it takes place at Christmas. So they can't afford a tree. So Emmett and his mom, he cuts a Christmas branch from the woods and they just put a branch in their house. And it's the branch. And it's great. I, rec- I highly recommend everyone watch it. It's on DVD. It might be on streaming places. I wonder if it's a Disney movie. I wonder if it's on Disney Plus. I'll look this up right now. But it's great. It's 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 really fantastic. I I love it a lot. And why don't you do your number one first? Because uh, we all know what it is. Yeah, my number one is just it's a wonderful life. Um, we talked about this on the pivotal list, and I'm doing this as I'm looking up to see if Emmett Otter's. Oh, it's on Prime Video. Oh, it's on Prime. Yeah, so it's available on Prime. Excellent. Um, yeah, no, it's just, this was the movie I would watch every Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't watch it this year. I haven't actually watched it this year. I actually don't feel the urge to watch it. This well, you year. did watch it this year. You didn't watch it for the, well, for I the watched podcast? It for the podca- I watched it for the podcast, but I didn't watch it during the time in which I should watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it just, it, it, it was the... You know, once again, going back to the Santa Claus and the Macy's Day Parade, I never gave a shit about the Macy's Day Parade, but this was, this was the thing that like, marked in the season. You know, was just George Bailey's losing his hearing and saving his brother so his brother could shoot down some Japanese people during World War II. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I almost put this on my list because um, I enjoyed the shit out of it when we watched it for the podcast. I just thought it was great. Um, and it was, it's a movie that I've seen a bunch of times, probably in the same exact context that you're talking about. And it never did anything for me, but this last time I was like, I totally get it. It, and it felt very in line with like all the other Christmas stuff that like, it almost seemed like the opposite of like my very cynical view of like Christmas. Um, and how that's it how, works. That's what Frank Capra does, man. He just, yeah. he just, he takes out a scalpel digs in like two layers of epidermis and just like reaches his little Frank Capra hand in there. Just like, so the end of his house is really just Frank Capra. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll watch it happen one night. Stop it. Stop it. That's great. That makes me, that makes me laugh. I agree. (laughs) Adam Sandler should have done a Mr. Deeds movie. He did, didn't he? He did, and it was great. I like Mr. Deeds. Yeah, Mr. Deeds is all right. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a wonderful. I life. also it's, love it's Frosty's Mr. Deeds. Frosty's Mr. Deeds. Yeah, there's an entire part in the Adam Sandler version of Mr. Deeds where he has somebody eat a Frosty, and the guy tries to like I forgot the guy's name, the actor. He was a famous actor for like the like the mid '90s. He says like I tried to make a Frosty at home, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. It's one of those Adam Sandler throw it away jokes, but hmm. now I'm, I, think he was, I feel like we're gonna have that to actor was Deeds. also that actor was also in the Mummy, I think. Brendan Fraser. No, uh, as you're doing your number one, I will look it up. So I mentioned I mentioned that. Anyways, gonna be... if, well, really quickly, if you want to hear like more thoughts on my number one, uh, listen to the pivotal film episode that it is showed in number fifteen. Number fifteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's in two parts, so it's you know it's easy to find. It's titled "It's a Wonderful Life." Um, my number one, I said Muppets were going to come back. It's from 1987. It originally aired on ABC. It is a one-hour special. It is a it is a Jim Henson crossover spectacular because it features not only the Muppets, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Rolf, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, Gonzo. the Swedish Chef, Beaker. Um, Beaker's there. Yep. Um, It features the Sesame Street gang. Big Monster, Grover, or Bert and Ernie. And it also features Fraggle Rock. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. And the movie is called A Muppet Family Christmas. Again, it aired on I've heard about this. I've never seen it. It is on YouTube. It's the only way you could see it because... It's not Disney Plus. No, the copyright is so fucked with this movie. 
Oh, right, because Sesame Street's owned by HBO now. So it's like, it's, it, but it's not even just now. It's been like this forever. Me and my brother were doing like investigating a couple of years ago. We were trying to get it. And it's like available in Europe, on you know, in like the European, whatever the... On the, Betamax? Yeah, something. Um, Region 2 DVD only. But you can watch the whole thing um, on, on YouTube. I have on a couple of, a couple of occasions. Um, this movie for me is really is as close as I'm ever going to get to like the Christmas, like the traditional like Christmas experience or what everyone else is like Christmas is supposed to be or mean or whatever. Um, Muppets Early Christmas is like, it's the most pure expression of like Christmasness that I, I know it's full of Christmas songs. It's funny Muppet stuff. Like the Muppets are used perfectly. And the guy from Fraggle. So the plot is that the guy from Fraggle Rock doc, and sprocket they want to have a nice quiet christmas so they are those, rent a, are those puppets by the way no those are the, well the dog sprocket is a puppet the guy doc is a guy yeah um they rent this house in the woods from fozzy bear's mother um so they can have a nice quiet christmas little does fozzy bear's mother is supposed to disembark for a a, a summer spent surfing she's been taking surfing lessons she's going to go to an island she's going to spend the spend the christmas surfing um, little does she know that the whole Muppets gang is going to surprise her for, for Christmas. And so they descend on her house. Doc is there with Sprocket. Then the Muppets come and it's contentious at first. Doc doesn't want to share his house with the Muppets, but then they learn to love each other. And then guess who comes singing Sesame the Sesame Street gang, a long line of them just come walking down this, walking down the road and they're singing songs. And then there's so many people in the house so many you know characters in the house now but there's a blizzard coming and guess who is stuck in the blizzard miss piggy she's stuck in the blizzard she keeps calling home to kermit and she's like i'll be right there i just have to buy some shoes and i just have to do this and i just have to do that and then eventually doc goes out to find miss piggy and miss piggy meets him and she's got this sleigh and a and a, and a dog team pulling the sleigh but while that's happening uh kermit and his nephew, they go downstairs, they go into the kitchen, and he, and he finds a fraggle hole. And then they go down the fraggle hole, and they meet what's the a, fraggles. What's a, what's a fraggle hole? That's a fraggle hole is a hole where fraggles live. That's a fraggle rock thing, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the fraggles sing uh, a song about sharing, and they, give, they explain their own version of Christmas. And then, you know, Miss Piggy comes, and then there's, uh, you know, everyone's happy, and they show... They show a video of the Muppet Babies and then the Sesame Street people. They put on uh, a Night Before Christmas pageant um, where the two-headed monsters are Santa Claus and the eagle from Muppets is has a, <laughs> has a great line where he's like watching this go down. He's like, there's nothing sacred. And like puts his head in his hand. <laughs> um, and for, apparently Fozzie's mother is best friends with uh, Statler and Waldorf. Um, but then everyone is just in this, in the living room in like the most perfect Christmas living room. And they sing just Christmas songs together and it's the fucking best. And then at the end, Jim Henson is there and he's like, I think we did a pretty good job, Sprocket. And Sprocket goes, raw, 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 raw. and it's the Wait, best. What year is this from? 87. ABC so on television. You were like five, six when this happened? I was five years old. Yeah. And this is, but this is one of those things that we had on video, we recorded on video, and I would just watch over and over and over again. And this was like the thing you did at, this is this is the thing we did it. Me and my brother did at Christmas, and we watched a Muppets Family Christmas just like over and over and over again. Um, and it's just I rec- watch you know Scrooge, and then like at two in the morning, put on Muppets Family Christmas, and you'll be just like weeping. I've I've never seen it. You gotta watch it. It's great. It's my favorite Christmas movie, though. Would I would I get it if I never watched Fraggle Rock or really Sesame Street? You might. The Sesame Street stuff is funny, so it's just like it's they use them just like they use the Muppets. They're easy, you know. It's Sesame Street stuff like numbers and all this other stuff, but be in conjunction with the Muppets, the Muppets kind of make fun of them, mm-hmm. and they're they're like. Um, there's a part when the Swedish chef tries to kill Big Bird so he could cook him for dinner. 
Um, <laughs> I, I like that already. Well, so God, they, the Swedish chef invites a turkey to dinner, but then the turkey falls in love with Camilla, Gonzo's chicken girlfriend. Oh, right. right. And so he tries, the turkey tries to sleep with Camilla. And then uh, the way that the turkey tries to get the Swedish fish to ignore him is showing him Big Bird. And then Swedish fish tries to kill and cook Big Bird. Um, but then, you yeah, said, those, you so just you, said a Swedish fish twice, by the way. Swedish fish. Swedish, Swedish chef. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Fraggle thing is very... If you haven't watched a lot of Fraggle Rock, you're going to be like, I could have done without this Fraggle stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything Fraggle is Rock just, from the 80s or is yeah. it from the 70s? And they're on HBO now. They're on HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, I, have, I have no experience with Fraggle Rock, so... You have some work to do. So you don't know who the doozers are. Nope. You don't... If I said Red and Wembley... You would not know who that is. I just, I like how I got, learn, like, watch this podcast. It's really great to know I got a real jump start on adulthood. <laughs> so, like, my mom was just, my parents were just like, hey, fuck all this stuff. You're going to watch <laughs> Scrooge and It's a Wonderful Life for Christmas and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We'll throw you a bone with Muppet's Christmas Carol, I guess. We want to make sure you know that George Bailey is going to kill himself. We just want you to understand that that's what's happening. He's gonna murder himself. Well, <laughs> just like I like like your Christmas movies, three of them you met. Like I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen Charlie Brown Christmas, and the other two you mentioned I've never even heard of, and I probably should have. If and I was they're a Muppets. Child. If I was a child at one point, I probably at around your age, I probably should have heard of it. But I see it's the thing though. I appreciate the fact that like we did made a list of ten movies, and three of them have Muppets in it. Like, or, or just are all puppets, except for, yeah. like, one guy. Um, that's good. You know, yeah. you're not totally jaded and ruined. No, of course. <laughs> I mean, Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the most jaded of those movies, but whatever. It's, it's very dark. Michael Caine does throw several Muppets across, <laughs> across several rooms. It's true. If you want to throw some felt objects across the room, you can do so at Film Pivotal. Or By the would... way, if, if we did a New Year's special of this, number two, Strange Days. Number one, Phantom Carriage. I don't know if I'd have a... Do I have any New Year's movies that I care about? Strange Days is good. Did you ever see Strange Days? Um, I think I've seen... Who's in Strange Days? Oh, is that Eric Stoltz movie? No, no, no. That's, uh, so it's Ray Fiennes, Juliette Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking um, of Two Days in the Valley. Tom Sizemore. I think Barry Pepper. Wait, who'd you say? Oh, Eric Stoltz. Oh, Two Days in the Valley is good too. Uh, but not, not a New Year's is, um, That's Catherine. It's um, Catherine Bigelow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't. If I saw it at all, I, it might be one of those movies that like I just know about oh, it. Angela Bassett. That's who I was forgetting. Angela yeah, Bassett. Yeah, yeah. Is great in that I know about it. I couldn't tell you if I saw it. It's a D'Onofrio. As a kid, as a kid, once again, going back to it, I saw this movie when I was nine years old. I think. Anybody that's seen this movie would realize a nine-year-old shouldn't have seen this movie, but I saw it when I was nine. Like, that's my New Year's movie. No nine-year-old should see a movie that starred Ray Friends in the 90s. Or Ray Fiennes in the 90s. Yeah, Juliette Lewis is very much almost full frontal in that movie. Oh, yeah, Juliette Lewis in the 90s you shouldn't have seen either at nine. I remember I was very confused because I was like, I saw that scene. Like, so in the very beginning, like, they're, the, the entire plot of Strange Days is like, you can plant like a chip on top of your head and you can like relive somebody's like experiences that deals a lot with like um racial violence mm. like it's it's ahead of its time ish like um ish. becomes like i mean it deals with it as delicately yeah. as a 1995 movie could um i remember watching that movie and like juliet lewis has this like ray finds is living like reliving a sex scene with juliet lewis and i'm watching it going like as a kid going like I like this. <laughs> like I, like I was like, like she's naked and I'm like, I respond to this. And I'm like, but I remember like as a kid going like, I don't know why I like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening, but it's good. Yeah. Um, if you also had that experience, email us at pivotalfilmpodcast.gmail.com and we will refer you uh, to somebody <laughs> you can talk <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> uh, or you go to pivotalfilm.com. Amy's going to get some new cards. <laughs> 
they're all love. She's gonna be like, I don't know why all these people like started the conversation. Like, I saw Strange Days as a kid, and it messed me up. Um, or go to pivotalfilm.com and see a list of the movies that we uh, put on our pivotal film list, or a list of the beers that we drank, um, or how to subscribe. Uh, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. Uh, I look forward to next week when we have our blockbuster week, which I mentioned in our our, our thing. And, uh, and in a yeah. few weeks, we'll be back in the studio, both of us. Well, I think we'll, we're going to try to do we'll do our our best of the year together, right? That'll be the one we come back to. Uh, yeah, it's a plan. I think that makes sense. I think two weeks after holidays would probably be the is like the best thing to do. Like one thirteen ish or one no like it'd be after that. It'd be, like it'd be after that. So maybe we do a list episode and then we do our our thing. Yeah. Um, be, yeah, because uh, one night in Miami doesn't come out to the fifteenth. No. So but yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there, folks. Don't worry. Some of us. Somebody somebody will do it. Somebody. Will send get somebody. Um, all right. Uh, watch movies, drink beers, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We'll talk to you. Talk to you in 24 hours.